We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hurt by a defective product? Yes. How about by a dog bite? Yeah. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Vikings have brought back Patrick Peterson. Jeff Diamond thinks the defense is looking much better than it did a month ago. Let's break that down. And also, the chatter around Deshaun Watson at the owners' meetings. Are NFL teams happy with the Cleveland Browns? Doesn't sound like it. Let's check it all out with the former Vikings general manager here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. Follow us at TalkNorth.com. TalkNorthPod on Twitter. Go to TalkNorth.com to find all the shows. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's easy. Let's start today with Patrick Peterson. Jeff, uh, what do you think of the signing, uh, and is there risk at his age? I think it's a good signing, Jim. I think that Patrick Peterson played pretty well last year. I would say very well. He was obviously the Vikings' best corner, which was not saying a lot considering what else they had last year. But he, I thought, played, played pretty well, uh, very well at times. And we could see that in, in the Ram game when they finally, when Zimmer finally put him on Cooper Cup in the second half and did a pretty good job of, of slowing him down. And so I, I think it's a, it's a really good move. And obviously the cornerback situation had to be addressed. They've done some good things. We talk about the defense looking much improved right now, <laughs> at least on paper. And you start with Daniil Hunter coming back and seemingly – in a decent frame of mind because he's going to make $20 million cash this year. And then we'll have to see what happens after that. So Darius Smith being signed, I thought was a very good signing, excellent signing potentially if he can stay healthy. And it looks like Harrison Phillips, the defensive tackle is going to fill a role. Michael Pierce just couldn't stay healthy. So they released him. Jordan Hicks is going to take over the Anthony Barr position at outside linebacker or inside linebacker and he comes a lot cheaper than Barr and so I think that they've done some really good things to kind of gear up on defense <clears throat> I do think the signing of, of, of Shandon Sullivan from Green Bay is very interesting and we've talked before I always thought in free agency if you can sign a player from one of your rival teams in your division it's a twofold gain. You're, you're gaining a player and you're weakening one of your division rivals. And I think that's the case with, with Sullivan, who should be a, an upgrade over Mackenzie Alexander, who I thought was a really good slot corner, but he just struggled last year. And not always his fault because they had him in coverage occasionally one-on-one on, on guys like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, which was a, a mistake uh, in, in Zimmer's coverage scheme obviously. And so I think that I like the Shandon Sullivan signing and, and they've added a couple other potential players on defense at corner, Nate Hairston, who played for the new defensive coordinator Ed Donatel in Denver. And he started 17 games over his six seasons. So he can add some quality depth potentially. So the, the cornerback group is looking much better to me. However, I think that they still need a premier corner. And when you think about when this Viking defense was at its best, 
they had a premier corner in Xavier Rhodes as a pro bowler. And right now, you can't really say even Peterson is a, is a good player, but at his age, I, I don't know what you call him, a shutdown corner. You can't really do that. So to me, if they can draft either Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, Derek Singley Jr. out of LSU, or Trent McDuffie out of Washington, one of those guys with that number 12 overall pick, then I really like what they've been doing in the secondary. And if they can sign perhaps a veteran safety to compete with Cam Bynum for the starting spot opposite Harrison Smith, then I think they're they're rolling on defense and really have their pieces together. And then they can augment that in the draft and in the rest of free agency with some depth players on defense, some more perhaps corners. I still think that Chris Boyd has talent. I think that Cam Dantzler is a talented player who was just lax at times. And obviously the disaster at the end of the Detroit game we saw, and that was kind of typical of how he would just kind of go to sleep out there occasionally. And that was the worst example of it. But I think he's got talent and we'll see if this new group of coaches can get it out of him. And so it's going to be, I think, really interesting to watch this defense develop. The problem, of course, is you got a lot of new faces being thrown together. How quick can they come together? The OTA period, the training camp period will be really important for this team with a new coaching staff and how quick they can all adjust. The good news is they don't have to face Devontae Adams anymore in Green Bay. And also the Packers are further weakened because Marquez Valdez-Scantling left for Kansas City in free agency on a $10 million a year deal, which further weakens the Packers receiving core. And that's good news for the Vikings defensively when they take on their arch rival because obviously Aaron Rodgers is back, but he's taken up so much money on that cap for them that Valdez Scantling is now gone. But we know Green Bay is going to pick probably a wide receiver, even though we thought that in the past. We They do have two picks in the first round at number 22 and 28. It's a, it's a good receiver draft, and I would expect them to use one of those picks on a wide receiver. It is fascinating. It feels like, and listen, off-season feelings can really fool you, but it feels like the gap is a little narrower between the Packers roster and the Vikings roster, but of course the draft will have a big impact on that, and Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. Hey, I uh, want to thank White Bear Lake Superstar and Platinum Bank, our, our longtime sponsors here. Also, uh, check out the rest of TalkNorth.com, outdoor content. Great sports lineup, variety lineup. Uh, Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast has been added. Uh, we keep growing the network. Uh, thanks also to our producer, Brian Burdett, who's running this show. Uh, let's let's go to some league stuff, and we'll come back to the Vikings. Uh, Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson press conference I thought was embarrassing. The owners didn't even fly in for it. They were clearly did not want to have to deal with in-person questioning. Uh, they didn't really come up with any good answers. They obviously didn't talk to any of the women who have fought, who have uh, filed civil claims against Sean Watson. And it sounds like at the league meetings, there are other teams that weren't real happy with the Browns as well. Yeah, definitely. One, primarily the Baltimore Ravens, who are trying to get an extension done with Lamar Jackson, who's right now going to play under his fifth-year option at $23 million. And they have not made much progress. And I think the Deshaun Watson deal made it worse. And, and Steve Bashotti, their owner, spoke directly about it in saying, I, I wish that they had not guaranteed him the full contract, $230 million, talking about Deshaun Watson. Wish they hadn't paid him $80 million more guarantee than Aaron Rodgers. So you got to believe there were some sideways looks 
at the Haslam's, <laughs> Jimmy and Dee Haslam, the, own, the owner of the Browns, owners of the Browns at the league meetings down in Florida. <clears throat> and so, yeah, Bashadi made, made the point that he said the, the Watson deal obviously complicates the quarterback market and the situation. It was interesting because he actually compared Lamar Jackson's situation to Kirk Cousins when Kirk was in Washington. And because because what, what the point he was making was, yeah, Lamar may end up playing this year under the fifth year option, then getting franchised theoretically for two more years. And then he can hit the market like Cousins did and kind of play the market that way. I don't think Lamar Jackson really wants to do that <laughs> because obviously when you play on these one year deals, you're risking a lot of potential guaranteed money. And but it's just been a difficult deal for the Ravens to get done. And I think it's partially difficult because Lamar Jackson is his own agent. And I think that makes it a lot harder in a deal as complicated as a <clears throat> probably $200 million type deal for Lamar Jackson, who's a former league MVP. And if you say Deshaun Watson's worth that kind of money, Lamar Jackson in his mind has to think, hey, I'm worth that kind of money. I'm a former MVP. Deshaun Watson's not. I'm a multi-pro bowler. The difference, of course, is that, or the negative on, on Lamar Jackson is he's won in three in playoff games, and he's thrown three touchdowns and five interceptions in those games. So that's that's the knock on him at this point. But there are other teams also, such as the Cardinal, Cardinals, who are dealing with Kyler Murray, who wants an extension, and, and the price of poker went up in that deal too. So all the quarterbacks are going to benefit from what I think was a mistake by the Cleveland Browns in overpaying Deshaun Watson. <clears throat> but if Deshaun Watson gets them to a Super Bowl, they're going to say it wasn't an overpay, and then, I have, then we all have to agree. But considering everything in, the, in his situation, the 22 civil lawsuits, the, the fact that he hadn't played last year, he is a, a great player, yes, but character-wise, very questionable. And... I just never thought they had to do that much in that deal. Obviously, he didn't want to go to Cleveland unless they did that type of contract. He had his heart set on Atlanta, probably. But there are plenty of teams upset with the Cleveland Browns. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and do you think he will be suspended? Yes, I do think he'll be suspended. I think that the league knows that, that everybody's watching this case. And even if the civil suits get settled or they go, to, they go to court, they go to trial, I think at some point the league is going to step out and, 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 and issue a suspension. And I would say it'll probably be something fairly significant, at least six games. And then he probably files a grievance and gets it knocked down to maybe four since there are no criminal charges involved. But but he's going to be suspended at some point. I think Cleveland knows that and understands that. So it's just, and I think he should be. Because as we've said before, 22 cases where there's smoke, there's fire. And to me, they need to, to make a statement here. And I'm sure that Roger Goodell knows that very well. I'd love to see Goodell come down really hard. Uh, I, now, I don't expect it, but I'd love to see him just, 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 suspend him for a year or something let him try to you know grieve it and try to reduce it but I, i'd love to see them actually make a statement you know about about the treatment of women i just don't expect that to happen 
Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. I, I think that would be great if he did that. And and I would not be surprised if he did something very stout, at least eight games and, and maybe the season and let him grieve it down to whatever, six to eight games. But, yeah, I think it's important that they do make a statement. And we've talked about this before. We talked about it last week, that all, all the efforts in appealing to women fans and 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 all the um, – the breast cancer awareness month and all those type of things, you have to not only walk the walk, but talk the talk. And I think it's really important to make a statement here. Uh, let's get to uh, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians retiring uh, and everything that's happening around the league. We'll also get back to the Vikings roster. And next week we're going to talk a lot about uh, the draft, start getting into draft speculation on what the Vikings might do with that number 12 pick. Right now, though, we want to thank our longtime sponsors, White Bear League Superstore, whitebearleaguesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear League Superstore, Buick GMC, and my longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, they're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. Check out that great website. We always talk about whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You will see great selection of GMC and Buick SUVs, new 21 and 22 Buick SUVs, including the stylish Encore GX with 0% APR offers up to 72 months. And the GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab, a 0% APR offer plus $750 purchase allowance for current Buick or GMC owners or lessees. There's also the fabulous all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. Don't wait, reserve yours today. And the White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They're a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Let's also thank Platinum Bank. Love Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a, pro a provider in today's environment? Businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with market president Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So what do you make of this? Tom Brady comes back, giving Bruce Arians a chance to win a second Super Bowl in three years, and Bruce Arians retires. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting timing. I, I don't know that I buy that there's a correlation there necessarily that Brady was annoyed with, with Arians. And Bruce Arians is a very strong personality, we know that. So it's certainly possible that he could have irritated Brady from time to time. But I think that overall, Brady's been around the block long enough that he can deal with anybody. And, and he dealt with Belichick for 20 years, so he knows that, that coaches have their idiosyncrasies. I, I think that Bruce Arians making a strong statement that it's not about his health, he feels great. But I, I think underlying, perhaps there's something there that he's now almost 70 years old and 
and he's had some health issues in the past and and maybe just the, the grind of the season and the pressure of, of ha having a, a Super Bowl caliber team there that he felt it was time to step back. I'm sure he's got plenty of money in the bank. And, and so I think the good news is that Todd Bowles gets an opportunity to be a head co coach in the NFL as a, another minority head coach, which is important in, in the grand scheme of things. And, and Todd Bowles is a, is a quality coach, quality person. I know Todd. And he had some rough times at the Jets as a head coach, but but hey, who Never hasn't been. had rough who hasn't yes. had rough times at the Jets? <laughs> and so I think it's a it's a great opportunity for him to to go into a team and and as Arians certainly made the point very clear that he's handing over a quality team <laughs> to Todd Bowles, which perhaps maybe put a little more pressure on Todd, but I think it's a good thing. And and Todd Bowles, it would be interesting to watch him as a head coach. And, and I, I think it's, uh, it, it's certainly a little bit of a surprise at this point because the Bucks are positioned to be a Super Bowl contender again, that a coach would step away. And that's why it makes me think that there's a little bit more to it than what we think. Yeah, the people I've talked to, uh, you know, I know some people, some great reporters in Tampa, they did say that, they have said that, uh, Last year, it got to a point where Leftwich and Brady would kind of put together a game plan and Arians would come in and basically put red ink all over it. I think there was a little bit of tension there. Uh, I also, but I think that goes in conjunction with the fact that Bruce Arians, uh, he uh, he has hired and promoted black coordinators. He's promoted, you know, black head coaching candidates. He's hired women. I really do think he has a good heart and he wanted to make sure that Todd Bowles got a shot. Yeah, and I think that that is very positive and, and certainly not surprising if, if Arians did kind of meddle, which he certainly is entitled to as a head right. coach, by the way. <laughs> and, he, and he is an offensive coach. He's a former offensive coordinator. And so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, that, that he would do that with Leftwich and with Brady. But <clears throat> it could have it ruffled a few feathers along the way. And, and now Leftwich has a, has a defensive head coach in Todd Bowles, so he can – basically run the show although we know Brady basically runs the show anyway <laughs> yeah well he's he gets final say because he has the ball in his hands no question uh, what do you think of the new overtime rules I think it's good and I would have liked to have seen them expand it to the regular season I think that will eventually come it, it's just too often we've seen such as last year when when uh, in the divisional playoff of the AFC when Mahomes and Kansas City won the toss took it downfield score a touchdown Josh Allen and the Bills have no opportunity to do anything. I think that it's going to be a, a positive not to have that criticism of playoff games. And I think it's also going to create some really interesting strategy potentially, especially as involves two-point conversions in overtime. For example, if a team has, has the ball, wins the toss, goes downfield and scores, and, and first of all, we may actually see the team that wins the toss not take the ball now and, and kind of wait and see what happens. But whoever scores first and, and if, they, if, if they have the ball first, and are they going to go for the two points knowing that if the next team gets the ball and they go down and score, are they going to kick an extra point to tie the game and then give the ball right back to the other team who could then kick a field goal? I, I think that that team, the second team, would go, kick, go for the two point to try to win it right there with the ball in their hands. And so, but as I said, we may indeed see teams now deferring in overtime and not, and not taking the ball. 
and then and then seeing what happens and know that they've got an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown that's going to put pressure on on that first team to go for that two-point conversion potentially so that's going to be really interesting to me the strategy of coaches with overtime but i overall i think it's a it's a good change in the rules I didn't necessarily want to see the college rule where they start at the 25 yard line. I think that, I think that's a little more gimmicky. I think in this and that takes the the, the kicking game out of it with no kickoffs. So I, I I like this rule, and as I said, I think the end result will be it, it will wind up in regular season too. Yeah, and I also understand why they're doing postseason, not regular season. Regular season, they really are trying to get the game over with as quickly as possible. They don't want, you know, I mean, you're playing 17 games now. You play a couple overtimes, it's like 17 and a half games. Uh, it's a lot of wear and tear on bodies, a lot of extra injuries. Postseason, you want the better team to advance. You want them to have to earn it. And you hit on exactly why, uh, even though a lot of people are complaining about this rule, saying it doesn't really change much, you hit on exactly why I think this is a good rule, because if this, if the first team scores a touchdown, now the second team has a chance, and they probably will go for two. And what's more dramatic than that? Knowing you need to not, not only score a touchdown, but you're probably going to need to go for two to win it. That, that's just great drama. Yeah, exactly. And if the first team scores a touchdown and a two-point conversion, then the second team's got to do that yeah. and, and convert. And then you, then you revert back to sudden death overtime. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be exciting. In playoff games, I understand your point about about health and safety of players and shortening games in overtime in in, in terms of regular season. But I still think there's a fairness issue. And when you only play 17 games, there there's still every game is important. And, and I still think it's unfair for the team that wins the toss, which is why I do think they will eventually change that. Which I think would be better than adding an 18th game, by the way, which I think right. will probably come someday we'll also. <laughs> and and that that's even worse for players health and safety yeah no doubt about it we know they're going to end up with 18 games there's no doubt about it all right uh, let's get another topic in with jeff want to thank again white bear lake superstore white bear lake superstore.com and platinum bank uh thanks to our producer brianne burdett thank you for listening to talknorth.com we do appreciate it again follow us on twitter at talk north pod to see the shows as they are released also get our live show updates and schedules uh you can go to talknorth.com you get the archives of all the shows again you know the lineup uh, cheryl reeve michael russo anthony lapanta roy smalley lavelle neal john krasinski jeff diamond john malay mike grimm on the bench uh we keep adding on and we do appreciate you listening hey where do you think baker mayfield ends up jeff uh i still think he ends up in seattle i think that that is i, I think the, the most likely place and would, would make sense and it, at a team that, that is used, they're not scared of having a, a, a smaller in stature quarterback. And I think that perhaps they think they can, they can get it out of him more than what happened in Cleveland. And, and as we've talked about before, he did have two good years in Cleveland and, and was seeming to be a, an ascending player before all the injuries hit him last year. So I think that makes the most sense uh, for him to end up in in Seattle and it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out I think the draft's going to play into it some of these teams are going to perhaps want to see how these quarterbacks fall in the draft and and we'll see where guys like Pickett and and Coral and Willis and Howell end up and and talk a little bit more about the draft next week perhaps as we're now in April and the draft is coming up in in less than a month towards the end of the month so lots of draft talk coming up and 
and it's going to be an exciting April. As you always say, the NFL keeps making news. <laughs> and they are good at that above all else. Uh, you can, if you like this show, you can also check out the Viking Update show at TalkNorth.com, where John Krasinski and I take the writer's view. We've both been covering the Vikings for decades. Uh, this, is, of course, is our insider expert show with Jeff Diamond. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brian. Thanks for listening. Next week, we will begin the long process of evaluating the Vikings draft. <laughs> <laughs>